Ever wonder about the origins of biblically responsible investing? Today, we're diving deep with Brian Mumbert from Timothy Plan, a trailblazer in the BRI world. You don't want to miss these eye-opening insights. Let's get some perspective. Welcome to another episode of Christian Financial Perspectives. My name is Sean Peters. We're so glad that you've joined us. If you do enjoy content on finance, but from a Christian perspective, we'd love for you to hit that subscribe button and join our growing community of Christians who are wanting to glorify God with their finance. Now today, I'm actually joined by a special guest, Brian Mumbert from the Timothy Plan. Uh, Bob is not available, so uh, we decided we'd do a special episode for you. And with with this episode, we, we thought it would be useful to cover a little bit of the you know history of biblically responsible investing or, or BRI as that's what our firm focuses 100% on and with Brian from the Timothy plan here I thought it might be good for us to cover a little bit of you know the history of Timothy plan and and their role in the BRI movement some of you may not know this but the Timothy plan was very much a pioneering force in the early days of the BRI movement still still is and much like my father-in-law, Bob, who is founder of Christian Financial Advisors, you know, they were very instrumental in those in those early years, I would say. But anyway, without further ado, Brian, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Sean. I really appreciate being here. And there's a lot of shared connection between Timothy Plan and Bob, um, as Bob was one of the first advisors to really take this biblically responsible investing mandate and really work it into his practice. It was yeah. so neat to see. And this was back, we're talking 1994, <laughs> or, or as my son refers to it, back in the 1900s, yeah. which, which just makes <laughs> us feel really old. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> but uh, it's just exciting to connect with fellow BRI believers and, and to be on this podcast. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. And the respect is very much mutual, Brian. You know, Bob has spoken very highly of Art Alley since I know he's known him for a number of years and their collaboration as pioneers in the BR industry. So so with our shared history, I guess you'd say as, as our, our shared firms, mm-hmm. but with our shared history, do you think you, sh- you could shed some light for our viewers and listeners on kind of the early days of Timothy Plan and some of the challenges that you encountered? Sure. So... Early on in Timothy plan, uh, you have to kind of go back to the start and what caused Art Alley to even do this. Mm-hmm. He was a financial advisor. Uh, he had his own practice, and he was looking to put together retirement plans for non-denominational pastors. And ultimately, what he found was that he could not get any of the fund managers to take on this mandate of screening out or filtering companies mm-hmm. that would not profit from things like abortion or pornography. Uh, they okay. said it couldn't be done. They didn't want to take the challenge. They didn't think the performance would be okay, and they, they told him he was crazy. <laughs> so um, he ended up starting Timothy Plan to be this retirement plan for non-denominational yeah. pastors. It ultimately ended up being a mutual fund. There was a lot of skeptics out there, though. I mean, uh, outside of the uh, investment advisor community, the consumer had no idea this whole idea of investment is ownership and how this all works. Yeah. And and I'm just investing in a mutual fund. It's a growth fund. What's in this fund? I don't even know. You know. And so yeah. the education challenge was huge. Um, there were a lot of financial challenges at Timothy Plan when we first started. Yeah. Uh, there were times where we didn't know if we were going to make it. Um, Art had to meet net capital several times in the early days and go back and ask for more funding and more funding to to continue and say that this is going to work. Just trust me. Um, yeah. You know, and 
again, Bob was there at the beginning, you know, using our funds, and we had one fund. And so yeah. you're trying to allocate your clients into different asset classes, but all we can give you is small cap. And, right. and that was a frustration. Uh, but through a lot of faith, a lot of prayer, a lot of support in the community, it, it became a viable option. And here we are almost 30 years later. Yeah. Man, well, it's, it's so heartening to hear about the support from uh, stalwarts like Bob. Given our firm's focus on BRI, I know firsthand about the challenges, but also the rewards. So what unique hurdles did the Timothy plan face due to its BRI focus? There were a lot of skeptics, uh, again, that said that this could not be done. When we started this, you had social investing was, mm. was, a, was a big thing. So you could remove things like alcohol and tobacco and gambling. Um, but we had to lay the groundwork for this. And then, like I said, the education was the big issue. And so you could educate the advisor, mm-hmm. uh, but then the advisor, had we had to count on them to educate their client. And right. unfortunately, you did not have a lot of advisors like Bob that would be willing to put themselves out there as Christians and to even just ask simple questions to their clients like, are there any moral or ethical concerns that you might have before I make any recommendations in these portfolios? Yeah. And, and so changing the habits of something that they've been trained for decades on was a big headwind. Right, right. Yeah. And then lo- logistically, you know, did, did you have uh, any, any challenges there as far as like with, with BRI and, and being able to actually align the funds with, with the different screening process? It took a lot of time to build this screening network or mm-hmm. screening of companies as, as we've done. And, uh, you know, the, the benefit of being as old as we are now is now we have data that goes back 30 years. Yeah. And so we're looking at companies. And when we look at these companies, we're looking at a repeated pattern. Is it something that a company does every year? Mm-hmm. Do they fund Planned Parenthood corporately every year? Yeah. Or is it just one time back in the 1900s when, <laughs> the, when, they, when they did it? And, and they haven't done it since because we're not in the business of just punishing a company for something they did decades ago. Right. You know, we want to yeah. see that a company is doing these things on a regular basis. So that continuous research, adaptation, and, and monitoring, because, you know, you might have a company that for some time was involved in, in some contentious areas and, and stuff that wouldn't align with our beliefs. But if they then change, or maybe they have some new leadership, and they you notice in the monitoring that, hey, they're not involved in these anymore. Okay, great. Well, that might be a viable option then for, for some of the funds. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, we've seen companies that have, uh, that have changed their patterns, uh, some for the better. Unfortunately, probably more for the worse as we've gone in, in a certain direction in this culture. But still, yeah. uh, letting each company know, this is why we do not invest in you. We would like to invest in your company, yeah. uh, but unfortunately, this is why we cannot, really has generated some conversations. Yes, Got it. Well, it's, it's always about the community, isn't it? So speaking of that, I'd love to hear a little bit about how Timothy Plan handled some of the societal challenges, especially in the early days. Yeah, so there was, there was a lot of pushback. There was a society that did not understand what we were trying to do. Mm-hmm. I kind of already touched on this before, but the whole investment is ownership piece. Yeah. You know, I was taught that when I was in high school in economics. If I'm shareholder, I'm part owner of a company. Right. But unfortunately, uh, the, the vast majority of people don't really understand that concept. Right. And, and to put it in the most simple terms, you know, if I purchase shares of a company, and we could use a tobacco company, for example. Okay. Okay. Um, I need that company to be profitable. Right. What is their business? Well, 
cut and dry. Their business is selling tobacco and yeah. ultimately the addiction of people that are that are using their products. Right. If I'm shareholder of that company, I need them to do whatever they do better and more of. And so, unfortunately, if I own a company like that, morally, it, it can create a big question in my yeah. mind about like, what am I doing with the money that God has entrusted to me here? How yeah. am I earning these dollars? And uh, I've heard many describe ill-gotten gains as it, as yeah. it talks in Proverbs. It's a good and, example. And yeah, it's it's it really is that. Um, so education, again, to the to to the end client, um, Art put together a biblical stewardship series, actually, many yeah. years ago to kind of really do this, because ultimately, people need to understand that there is a way to align their investments with their faith. They just have to hear about it. They have to know about it. And advisors like Bob, that tell them about it. That's, right. that's really the key. Oh, many people... Uh, from what I've seen personally, but also from hearing from Bob, from from his experience and working with you guys, that people would see BRI as it's somehow restrictive, you know, or it's outdated. That like, oh, whatever, the, those values don't matter. But but then in the day, it it does matter. I mean, because if you have a certain set of beliefs as a Christian mm-hmm. that you apply to your entire life, and then when it comes to your finances, when it comes to your investments, you leave it at the door. How could you possibly say that you're really giving your life to Christ? That your 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 God is actually the God of your entire life? Because uh, I remember, I think Bob was the first one that gave me this example, but he used the analogy of someone accepts Christ and they're going to get baptized, mm-hmm. and right before they get dunked under the water, well, for most for me and Bob <laughs> we're Southern Baptists, so you know we got dunked, not sprinkled, but I'm a dunk, assuming, yeah. assuming you're a dunker. Yeah. Yes. Uh, right before you get dunked under the water, you you grab your wallet and hold it up above the water. <laughs> You're like, well, okay, Lord, I'm, I'm, I'm dedicating my life to you, except for my wallet. It's kind of the same idea, right? You know, that somehow that doesn't apply or matter. And in reality, it, it does. And I would say more so even than on the retail side, when people say like, well, there's a lot of companies that you only have a few choices for, for mm-hmm. necessities. Okay, well, that's very different than when you come to an ownership side. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of choices not just between mutual funds and ETFs, things like that, but just in general, the number of companies that are available to invest in with so many options, you can't really make the argument of, well, there's no way to actually do this or there's no way to be clean. You really, you really hit on it there because like the, the whole choice thing is, is the huge thing. You know, you get pushback all the time. You know, I have, a, I have an Apple phone. Well, you know, my choices in phones are limited, unfortunately. My cell carriers, unfortunately, are limited. They're and, limited, and, yeah. And some of them are in, in the cable business and broadcast pornography. I'm sorry that I wish I had a better choice. And yeah. I know that there are some out there, and we're getting better with these things. Yeah. But ultimately, in the investment world, I get a choice. I can take, lots con- of choices. take control of, of the finances and and do what God wants me to do as a steward yeah. of his money and invest biblically. And that's it's a huge huge thing um that yeah. many more Christians could understand. I love that image of holding the wallet yeah. above your head. I mean, you feel free to use that. It's not copyright or anything. That's fantastic. But yeah, so so would you say I guess that really over time from those early days to now that we've really seen more of a shift in in people's perceptions as the alignment of their investments and their faith, you know, continued to gain traction. Yes, I'd say definitely, you know, three decades now, basically, yeah. of this. And now there's other people in the business that are doing this, other firms that are doing this, other other investment companies that are providing product. And it's great to have yeah. more product because Praise we God. need more choices. Yeah. Um, so, yes, it's come so far. Um, and I think that, honestly, investors have, have learned 
um, especially if you just take the microcosm of this past year, that companies are not their friends. Yeah. <laughs> like, they will do things that will really alienate half of their client base, yep. and they do not care. And it's up to you uh, to tell them that. And how are you going to tell them that? You can try to boycott, and we've all done this before. But in reality, stop investing in the company. Yeah. That's how you tell them. Yeah. Yeah, if their share price starts dropping, that'll get their attention real quick. Absolutely. You know, that's something that I think with companies like Timothy Plan, and I I know there are are others that we work with as well, Mm -hmm. but when you have mutual funds and ETFs, one of the other benefits of of doing that is that we have this collective bargaining power mm-hmm. that through a company like Timothy Plan being able to say, hey, we're we're divesting from your company because we just found out that you're uh, you now own a casino, you know this this real estate fund or something like you own this casino mm-hmm. or you are now giving to Planned Parenthood and you say we're we're going to be moving out and. If it's one investor with $1,000, maybe even a million dollars, the company is like, I don't care, whatever. Mm-hmm. But if it's multiple millions or, or even you know, hundreds of millions of dollars, they're like, we're going we're gonna to leave. Well, now all of a sudden, they're more likely to listen. Absolutely. I mean, you, you, you've gone from a position where I feel helpless to enact change to if we all as Christians did this, we can enact the change that That's we're right. looking for. Yeah. And so at this point, it's like, what, have you, what are you waiting for? Yeah. Yeah. So I really say with, with, with all of that, I know we covered quite a bit there, but it's really a testament to perseverance and continuing that even when it seemed like nobody was listening, it seemed like maybe you weren't going to make it <laughs> or whatever, yeah. uh, but just a, a testament to perseverance. So and shifting gears a little bit, looking at BRI's trajectory over the, over the years, how have you seen the industry evolved and where do you see us see it heading now? It's, it's a really exciting time because when we started – it was just mutual funds. And mutual funds are still a huge part of what everyone invests in. Right. Um, but four years ago, uh, we started ETFs as well. Yeah. And now I know there are other other firms out there that do SMAs and different products like that. So the product lineup is, is really increasing because ultimately – you want to do this in every aspect of your investment life, and you're yeah. going to need different products for different investors. So it's exciting to see what's gone from one small cap value fund to 12 mutual funds, seven ETFs at Timothy Plan alone, right. and then ultimately other firms and other investment companies that have other products as well, yeah. and and just giving investors the choice to do this. And so it's it's come so far. The future really is unlimited on this. I mean, it's just, again, it's a matter of education. It's a matter yeah. of the clients knowing they have the choice, and it's a matter of making an impact with your dollars. Now, I, I know our firms come at this a little bit differently because you, you guys focus more on providing the fund choices, mm-hmm. and whether it's mutual fund or ETF, and, and our firm, Christian Financial Advisors, we focus more on working directly one-on-one with investors, with clients. But that being said, have you noticed much of a a shift as far as like, does it seem like more people seem to be finding you and seeking you out and, and wanting to learn more about BRI and about aligning their faith in their investments? I would say absolutely. I mean, you look at all these reports and, and there is a lot of truth to this, that, that the churches, churches are shrinking, that Christians are falling away from the church, mm-hmm. are walking away from their faith. But the ones that are staying are very dedicated in their faith. And as we continue to push this back out into the United States and, and, and abroad, this is, this is a way that we can, again, take capital and make a difference in society. And we, we have to be transparent about what we're doing here. Um, it is a challenge. Um, but there's a lot of cooperation between the firms 
that are doing this to yeah. increase this movement. We have advisors like Bob uh, that are a big part of groups like Kingdom Advisors that are pushing yeah. this forward. And so ultimately, it's still a very exciting time. And I have to say, um, interestingly enough, one of our best advertisers recently has been uh, companies like BlackRock that have been pushing ESG. <laughs> and, and, and people are realizing that might not be exactly what I'm looking for. Yeah. It is a values-aligned investment. It's just not quite the value I thought I was getting. Oh, um, okay. Yeah. And yeah, so, you threw me a little bit when you said BlackRock. Yeah. Like, what do you mean? Okay. Yeah. So we're finding people that find us because they're looking for something that's more reflective of their personal faith. Yeah. And so, you know, through no fault of their advisor, they heard those words. They thought, well, this must be exactly what they're looking for. And they, and they put them in the product like that, not realizing that there, there might be of Christian faith yeah. and want something that really more reflects my stance on being pro-life and pro-family yeah. and not so much on being um, whatever BlackRock yeah. pretends to be so, at this point. <laughs> so effectively, the raised awareness about ESG has made more investors open to the idea of, oh, values-based investing. Absolutely. Uh, I, I know, uh, you know, re recently the, the SEC decided to name everything ESG, which I know for us, definitely in the, in the Christian space, kind of raised the hair on the back of our, right. our, our neck and everything, right. um, you know, trying to, to understand like, well, no, 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 I, I understand what they were trying to do, but, mm -hmm. but for people who've been in the industry a long time doing values-based investing, I would, I would say it's more of a, okay, values-based investing, there are different types of that. There's ESG, mm -hmm. which we would consider typically not very Christian. You actually have Christian-focused, and then, you know, there, there are other other options, but it's really all comes down to, it's a type of values-based investing. Exactly. You just want to make sure, is it the values that you actually hold to or not? Because if not, maybe look for something else. Exactly. So, well, as, as we continue this journey, it's kind of the last, last section before we wrap up, but do you have any advice for financial advisors like, like myself and others who have followed the path know, trailblazed by people like Bob and Art? I would say, uh, like, people like Bob have been doing it right for a long time. I mean, look at the name of your firm, like Christian Financial Advisors. You're not hiding from who you are. Yeah. You walk into your office, you know exactly what you're going to get. I, I walked in, I saw in the lobby, there was a screen that uh, was talking about biblically responsible investing. You know, so it's, it's conditioning the client and you're knowing what you're going to be getting. Yeah. And if, if you don't like it, that's fine. There are a lot of other advisors around. Um, but for, for advisors, really, it's a matter of living out your faith and not checking it at the door. Like yeah. you go back to your image of holding the wallet up above yeah. the water, you know, it's like, well, you know, I'm a Christian, but when I walk through my work doors, I'm just going to be myself and I'm not going yeah. to live my faith in my practice. Mm. I'm nervous about that. Don't be nervous. There are clients that want this, that expect this yeah. from you. They're Christian. They probably chose you because they knew you were a Christian. We all run in the same circles, and they're looking for you to provide biblical advice yeah. for their investments. And what better way to do it than to do biblically responsible investing? And so right. I, I really want to encourage advisors out there, there are so many clients that are looking for this. They just need to hear it. Yeah. And I, and I would say from, from my more limited experience compared to Bob, but from my experience, don't be afraid, like if you are an advisor and you're watching this or listening, don't be afraid to potentially lose a client or a potential new client because it doesn't really make sense to me to be offering biblically responsible investing and also non-biblically responsible investing. Exactly. A house divided cannot stand. You know, m make a choice. If you're, if you're a Christian, if you're a believer and, and, and you're a financial advisor, choose to do this or not. Right. But if you choose to do this, don't be afraid to lose someone. 
Mm-hmm. You you will have number one. I think you'll have more clients that will respect your your commitment to it. Mm-hmm. But also, ultimately, we do will answer to the Lord one day. So why not? Why not do this? Exactly. And, and keep in mind too. Yes, we all have different businesses, but when it really comes down to it, I see this as for those of us that are Christians in this space and we're we're trying to be biblically responsible in how we manage assets for our clients. This is a community, so. We shouldn't see each other as as competitors, exactly. but but as companions. And you know, I, I tell people all the time when we're having a potential sales meeting, you know, and I just say, uh, like, I pray that the Lord would would guide your steps. And if this is if our firm, Christian Financial Advisors, is where you're supposed to be, I pray that God will give you peace in your heart. And if not, give you a check in your spirit that this for whatever reason is the right place. Right. But don't be afraid to tell me that you don't think it's the right fit because right. if that's in the case. I can go to Kingdom Advisors, National Association of Christian Financial Consultants. Exactly. There are other resources where, like, I'll, I'll find... If it's just a matter of you want someone that's nearby, you know, you want someone physically, you can go to their office, that's fine. Mm-hmm. You know, j- just because a lot of people are using Zoom and whatever in other web meeting stuff doesn't mean you have to do that. And if that's the case, I would rather connect you with a fellow believer... Absolutely. ...who is doing what we're doing physically nearby you than you to go to some secular investment management company. Yeah, I I talk about this all the time because advisors are, I don't don't want to market in my church. And I understand you don't want to treat church as your business place, you know, necessarily. It's a place of worship. Uh, But at the same time, people need to know what you do because I, I and as a person, an option. right? It's an option because I, as a person, if I if I need something fixed in my house, if I'm looking for a handyman or I need something done, the first place I want to go to is like someone in my to someone in my church know how to do this. Can I pay them to do it? I'd rather pay them to do it than pay someone I don't know to do it. Besides, yeah. we'll both benefit from this. And at the same time, you know, I, sh- shamedly, I could say I can walk into my own church of 400 people, and they kind of know what Timothy Plan is. But if I ask someone to describe it to me, I don't think I'd get more than 10 or 12 that could actually articulate what we do. And so, you know, here we are in my own congregation, and they don't understand. So do not be afraid. People need to understand if they don't get advice from you, they're going to get advice from the world, and we know where that's going to go. So, yes, you know, please help people out in in biblically responsible investing. And, And the last thing you mentioned, the whole network of of investment firms and and it's it is it's we're not competition yeah. you know with each other we need more product in this space and we all work together to increase the awareness of what is biblically yeah. responsible investing and so you know even though we have different firms and different ideas about how we screen and some do and some don't do as well as others um, we're all working towards the same goal. Yeah. And so, you know, we will work together to amplify this message and to help Christians understand that investment is ownership and That's that right. you can make a difference. And that through all of that, regardless of which, you know, firm you're working with, we're still expanding the kingdom of God. Absolutely. And specifically through the gate of finance. And so, yeah, man, this uh, this has been very enlightening to hear about Timothy Plan's journey and the challenges that you guys have, have faced over the years and just kind of how the industry is, has evolved over time. Um, very, very exciting. I, I hope this has been beneficial to those of you watching and, and listening. I was a little bit different of a format. Uh, if anybody missed Bob, feel free to put it in the comments. It'll make him happy. Um, 
I won't tell Brian. I don't want to hurt his feelings. But uh, yeah, thank you so much for being here, Brian. I really appreciate it, Sean. And and again, thank you to Bob for all the contributions he's done over the years and being such a stalwart in this industry and and not checking his faith at the door. We really appreciate yeah. that. Awesome. And well, thank you guys for for what you do and continue to do. So right. thank you. As always, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, if, if you did enjoy this, I would love for you to hit hit the hit the like button, subscribe, share with your friends, and as always, God bless. Thank you. Investment advisory services offered through Christian Investment Advisors, Inc., DBA, Christian Financial Advisors, a registered investment advisor registered with the SEC. Registration as an investment advisor does not imply a certain level of skill or training. Comments from today's show are for informational purposes only and not to be considered investment advice or recommendations to buy or sell any company that may have been mentioned or discussed. The opinions expressed are solely those of the hosts, Bob Barber and Sean Peters, and their guests. Bob and Sean do not provide tax advice and encourage you to seek guidance from a tax professional. While Christian Investment Advisors believes the information to be accurate and reliable, we do not claim or have responsibility for its completeness, accuracy, or reliability.